0: It's great to be a hunter and go out there and constantly close deals, but it's a lot more profitable if you can farm, go get a customer and figure out what products that customer needs. That's easier and more profitable. And I think also you have more longevity. On
1: this new multi-part series of A Call to Leadership, I invite my co-hosts in arms, Travis Revell and Sam Sala back on the show to embark on a journey asking the question, why startups fail? We looked at some statistics and some studies. We're going to break them down based on three different criteria. The first episode is going to be all about money, why startups fail without money. Number two is going to be mentors. And number three, people. Can't wait for you to listen in. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is a call to leadership. Fellas.
2: What's up? What's up? Hey. hey.
1: Hey. 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 So the Fonz. I don't know if you guys remember. No, no, Happy Days. I do. Fonz. Yeah. 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 I didn't even realize, you know, Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. I always thought he was like some cool Italian dude. Uh, just out, some Jewish guy. Just some Jewish, nothing wrong with <laughs> right. me, no, a Jewish guy. No. But yeah. Jewish. So, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. And he was short. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He was like the absolute opposite of the Fonz. Yeah. <laughs> But he played it perfectly. He did. You know what I mean? Your knowledge on it is impressive. I've got so much stupid knowledge. Man. He does.
2: <laughs> like, I remember the fonts, but I'm like, no, nothing beyond right. that. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: It's random. Mm. It's good for trivia night. If you ever want somebody to go to Not trivia that guy. night to you, I, mean, no, I will I will bring you down. Right. No, I've got some weird, I don't weird even know what it is. It's just buried back in there.
1: So if the Fonz were to start a business. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Leather, then, leather jackets like and that that white leather t-shirt. Jackets and white t-shirt. <laughs> That's his outfit, his yeah. uniform. That might be the title of our podcast. <laughs> <Right. also. laughs> if you were to start a business and he was probably going to fail, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. here's the stats. We know the stats are, right? Most businesses do fail in the first five years. You wonder why he would fail. And so I ran a report on a poll that was performed on top reasons startups fail. I printed it out for you guys. And as you're looking through, uh, we're going to go through some of these and with our audience and really kind of dissect aspects of these that apply, that you've seen in your own businesses and that you've seen outside and start to put them together. The number one reason, which I don't think many people will be surprised about this, mm-hmm. right, is what? Capital. Capital.
2: Right. Well, people and money are two things businesses n- never stop needing. So those are my first two, right? Right. Money can definitely be one, or I think you can interchange them because if you don't have the right people, you're, you you're going to need the money. cash, right? You're going to need money. money. So it's, yeah. they're directly, it's lifeblood, right? Yeah. Those I mean, two things are the lifeblood. Yeah. Businesses need money to grow, they need people to grow. A lot of times when you don't have the right people and your business isn't profitable, you're floating to get to profitability, and that takes the right people. So some of these did surprise me. No market need, which is, That's the one that kind of jumps out at me is like that 35% no market
1: need. I mean, it's almost, I mean, 38% was failed to raise new capital, ran out of cash. And then just behind it, I mean, 35%, which is, it is when we look at this, like you shake your head, like, okay, what's going on here? I'm going to open a Blockbuster video. That's what I was going to do. I was going to order a Blockbuster
0: video and you guys didn't talk me out of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> open that I, franchise <laughs> and that that really jumped out to me and and honestly right got out competed next at 20 percent, also kind of surprises me right
1: yeah and this was a poll based on analysis of 111 startups post-mortem since twenty twenty eighteen. 2018 so these are real businesses
0: yeah who we're asked hey why'd you fail you know the no market need i think surprises all of us because business plan a business plan a SWOT analysis you know just just why did you Pick this business, you know. I get people have passion projects they want to do, but even still, there's always a market. So yeah, you know what I mean. There's always a market. So I mean,
1: nobody goes in and says, "I'm going to start selling like
0: horseshoes." Correct, right? right? Like nobody does that. So I think number two and number three go hand in hand with each other, right? Mm -hmm. There probably was a market, but you probably did get outcompeted. Amazon. There's a no more, I mean, I
2: wouldn't say no market need, I would say bad market positioning. So if you're a brick and mortar selling, you know, Tupperware, you know, right. you might take a hit right. and Amazon sells Tupperware, right. right? Well, everybody takes a hit on Amazon.
1: but Yeah, no- because this doesn't have anything to talk about the marketing piece, right? When you say mm-hmm. no market need, I mean, perhaps were you not in front of your market? I mean, we talked about this before, right? Business 101. Yeah. Do I know what my customers want and need? Do I have the capacity, the capabilities to meet that need? And number three, do I stand out in the crowd? Right. It's one one, but I think people focus so much on one and two, mm-hmm. they just can't connect it. Right. Yeah. I think that all the businesses that
2: I have been a part of or know of that have failed have came down to these two things people and money. I mean money. Bad is leadership, yeah. bad leadership not enough leading from behind with ceo principal not involved with their leadership kind of letting their leadership run the ship which is the you know maybe the wrong leadership mm-hmm. not acting when the results are not there so the results are not where they should be but you allow you don't make the changes needed in order for your organization to succeed right but it all comes down to me these are the two major ones but yeah out competed it's it's kind of vague
1: you know yeah like, define that? Not enough marketing, position the timing, the timing, I mean, all yeah, kinds of timing. factors. You could say uh, the product quality. And here's the other thing: is that historically speaking, we've generally cited the SBA mm-hmm. that said money and management are the two umbrella, mm-hmm. you know, issues. And clearly, you know, there's a problem. And the way I see it, I say, well, part of the money problem is that you mismanaged your expectations. Correct. Right? I mean, that's usually, and you think about it, let's walk it through. Okay, you're a startup. Or let me go back, like rewind when we were all startups, mm-hmm. right? Rewind the clock. Remember those days, right? You're like, I'll figure it out, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you've got some ideas on business plans. you got some ideas on SWATs, but it's like, okay, well, we don't, we probably don't have enough money. What are we going to do? We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean yeah. somebody listening is like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's me. Right. Right. Find a way. Find a way. Find a way. However, you know. we don't always find a way. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. So the big question is then, okay, so what are some of the ways then that I can mitigate that running out of cash or failing to raise new capital? That's the number one issue. And before you say anything, I want to bring up something that we've talked about before is my son's business, right? He got into business and he this is his number one. He realized it pretty quickly on. is like, <laughs> oh, dad, I need to go need back <laughs> to yeah, my partner, my business partner, because mm-hmm. we played Shark Tank. I just, I don't have enough cash. And I said, "Okay, son. Remember what I told you. This is not scientific. It's just what I've experienced being in this sector for the last thirty years. Is whatever you think you're going to need, minimal. Double it and add another half.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, right. Well, I think the deal is too right. Like so, one of one of the companies that I was consulting with recently, the owners, you know, they had a definitely get it done attitude, but they expected right like." all of their employees to take less money because they were a startup and like, oh, well, we're going to, we're going to get it done. Right. And not everybody shares in that. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to tell like a frontline employee, like, Hey, you know, you're going to make less money, but you're part of this huge thing. Right. Like in one day you're going to get, you know, you're going to get paid (laughs) back because they got bills to pay, you know? And so I think a lot of times entrepreneurs are so laser focused on one thing you know what I mean? That they can't see the forest through the trees. They don't understand what they're doing. Are they asking somebody to take a, a lower you know, pay or less compensation overall, right? Less benefits, all of these things. And, and it leads to high turnover, right? right? And then you spend most of your time recruiting, which is not something somebody goes into business to do unless you're starting a recruiting company and you're behind the eight ball. So yeah, you know?
2: true. So entrepreneurs usually, especially in the early stages, are reactive, not proactive. I mean, I think we could all agree on that, 100%. right? Because you're constantly putting out fires. You're thinking about, you know, the five foot view, right? Because that's what's in your face, right? So being proactive is difficult. I think, especially for a new entrepreneur, it was difficult for me. Luckily, I had mentors that gave me some advice, good advice. But, you know, I remember being told many times, man, it's too reactive. Too, we're moving too quick we're not ahead of the ball, we're behind it, you know? Chasing it. chasing it. And it's a scary place to be especially if, you know, you don't have the capital to, you know, get you to the next step to figure it out, right? And that's where you and I mean I hear it all the time. The whole like, I don't know, this, you know, you hear guys say, oh, "I'm not taking on any debt. I just be debt free." Yeah, well you're not going to be successful either. No. So, unfortunately, uh, it takes money to make money. This is one of the truest things I've ever heard, right? you can have too little money. You can never have too much money. You can always pay it back, right? Right. If you have access to capital, you know, take it. Especially if you have a growth trajectory that's, you know, you're growing a large organization. Markets, heads, products, inventory, receivables, and all these different things. You got to have money. Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurs that are afraid to take on debt usually fail. Well, yeah. Or they don't grow. They don't grow. I mean, I look
1: at debt as fertilizer, right? You can go organic and it may take you 20 years, Right. Or you can add fertilizer and increase. Now, of course, don't take the debt on with the impulsiveness of reactivity. Right. Right. So, what I found, I taught this course for almost 10 years. It was a capstone course for the undergraduate program in business, and it was essentially a business planning class. Mm -hmm. And the students were all mostly just W 2 employees and they had ideas of business. So, they start this plan based on an idea they have. And when they get to the financial piece of the business plan, week five, they all realize after we run the performas and the reporting and all that that they're losing money. I mean, just every single student, is like, I'm bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm bankrupt. I'm bankrupt. Like, you know, you see this like big light, light go, yeah, off, right? yeah. Like, you're bankrupt. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Professor Sala. Right? No, and they're like. Well, we needed this week five to be in week one. Like Now you're thinking like an entrepreneur who's yeah. gonna get it done, right? Because that's not what the typical entrepreneur is thinking about. They're thinking about, oh, well, you know what? I'm gonna have this product that everybody's gonna love, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be so fulfilled because I'm gonna be following my dream. <laughs> and you go through all these pieces, the very first thing I think about, can we
0: monetize A 100%. It?
1: What are the margins? What does it look like? <laughs> How many of these things do I need to sell to make X, you know? How much is it going to cost? Who do I need on the team? Like you said, not my cousins, my uncles, my family, my friend that needs a job because he's been out of work for six months and he just, look, I got to take care of somebody, right? No. Mm -mm. No, you fit the model based on the highest value of that individual's contribution, their genius zone, and their ability to solve that problem in that position and
0: build your margins to where you can bring on people who are yeah. players. Yeah. And the thing is is right that the best way to take care if you want to quote unquote take care of people, build a successful business. Yeah. First, like you know, that's the other thing I think that that entrepreneurs, right? Because we all know entrepreneurs normally, right? They're starting their business and that's how they have to pay their bills, right? And so a dollar can only be split so many ways. Right. You know? And look, we've had companies together where we sat down at the end and been like, listen, we can't take a paycheck one, this week. One person next week, yeah, this or month. right. One person can live really, really well off of this business, but three people can't. Right. So right. we gotta make a decision because you look at it and you're like, we just can't. We can't grow it fast enough. Right. Yeah. Feed Remember the yeah. sim business? Yeah. 100%. Remember? <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> Remember? Exactly I'm, what I'm, I'm talking I'm, about. Right. I'll just yeah. I'll just call it out. I mean, we were like, we're gonna make a ton of money on these sim cards, right? And it's there was a possibility. But when we laid it all out, and we did do some market research too. Mm-hmm. Like we and here's the thing about it. You can only make decisions based on the information you have at the time, right? You can make forecasts and it's great. But then when you have market penetration and you realize exactly what this is gonna do, then you can pivot. Mm-hmm. sometimes you have to shut down a division sometimes mm-hmm. you have to go a different direction mm-hmm. and that's yeah. okay right
2: yeah I mean but at least you recognized it and didn't keep drowning in it right I mean that's the key you know we it's hard to give up on something you believe in especially when it's not going to work out and you know it yeah and that's your heart and your brain saying hey dude it's time to time to cut your losses yeah that's, that's the, the gut that's check difficult. moment right it's difficult that's man. the
0: gut check moment and i think I think a lot of entrepreneurs, right, they go in business because they have a dream, right? Their dream is product centric, right? And so if that product doesn't work, then they don't know what to do. Instead of going into it and saying, listen, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur because of these things, right? These certain needs I have, right? Money, freedom, right? Like growing something, whatever it is. And finding products that fit inside that, a lot of people, like, I would never start a business just based on one product. You know what I mean? Like, I need to understand, okay, this is this product. Now, what's the life cycle of that product? What are complementary products that the same customer, right? I was doing this I was doing this interview yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were talking about, you know, I was saying the importance between hunting and farming, right? And, you know, it's great to be a hunter and go out there and constantly close deals, but it's a lot more profitable if you can farm, right? You can go get a customer and figure out what products that customer needs that are complementary in the ecosystem that I'm in, and I keep selling the same customer five, six, seven times. Right. Mm -hmm. That's easier and more profitable. And I think also you have more longevity because you're building a relationship with that customer. Mm -hmm. Right. This could be one customer, it could be a million customers. You know what I mean? But you're building a relationship with that customer, and now you're servicing their needs. And really, the guys that really get it, is they're looking ahead and they're saying, okay, here's what my customer needs today and I'm going to fulfill that need. Here's what my customer is going to need five years from now. So I've got that product lined up. And I think this is where my customer is going to be 10 years from now. Yeah. Because then you get baked in, right? And then now you're that guy. And what I mean by that guy is we all like to be you know, out at dinner and somebody says, hey, I need X, Y, and Z. And you're like, I got a guy. Right. I got a company. I've got you. Right. Use my guy. Right. Everybody wants to have that guy. Right. Everybody can be that guy. Mm. You just have to sit down and think about what is put yourself in your customer's perspective and what do they need. And I think those are the best business owners. I think those are the best sales, you know, mm. professionals to understand really understanding the customer's needs, fulfilling it today, but also knowing I've got three or four different products I'm gonna keep selling the same customer. Okay. I think you said something in the beginning that You know, really
2: hit home. And I think a lot of people who go into business, they overlook, right? It's like you said, you know, I need a dollar can only be split so many ways, right? If you have to open a business and have to make money from that business right away, I don't think you should open it. I think you should wait so you can, you know, have a nest egg that you can live off of that's not coming from that. Mm -hmm, Because I went years without taking a paycheck from my businesses. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, I remember going through payroll at one point, you know, a long time ago in my early days and saying, oh, okay, this is payroll, just enough to pay everyone except me.
0: Mm-hmm. It
2: seemed like that was always the case. It was just me. <laughs> it's like, a, there wasn't a right? No, that's what Sinex right? books, Leaders
1: Eat Last, right? Eat I mean, yeah, Leaders premise. Eat Last. Yeah.
2: So, but you're okay with it because you're so proud of, even employing people has a level of self-fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? You know, when you see families and people, you know, that are making money off your business and supporting families, that's a huge benefit and a huge, you know, thing
1: for me that I was always really proud of. So somebody says this to you, right? Say, oh, okay, I get it, Sam. That's great. But, and we know people like this say, but the market's going to pass me by. The opportunity is going to pass me by because Mm -hmm. if I just, I'm in agreement with you because I've seen it and I know that clearly, you need money right but what do you say to someone who says i can't wait to save for a year or two years Can an investor outside capital outside
2: capital like come i always say i invest in people not businesses right because that is where the business is successful or not successful mm-hmm. you, obviously you want a viable product that you take to market but who's taking that product to market right, right. and if you have to go into a business and say okay i need minimum, you know, whatever that number is, $50,000, $60,000, $70,000 a year just to get by, right? To not change my lifestyle for me and my family, right? And you know that you're going to have to take, so if your business, you know, made $5,000 that month, you know, that 4000 will have to come back to you to just, you know, no, you need to go to an investor that say, hey, look, here's $75,000 in capital for you for the first year. And then I'm going to, you know, structure some kind of deal to get you the capital, take on a partner that can help you get to your goals. Because at the end of the day, you know, dreams and ideas don't go anywhere without capital.
0: No, and there's
1: nothing more gut-wrenching, and we've all been there, when you wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, when you're about to not have money for payroll, Mm -hmm. or you're about to kicked out of a property, or whatever it is that you can't afford your inventory, or you can't feed your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even more, even more of a, and the thing
2: is, you know, you always hear the, you know, well, I have to feed my family or I have, I got to pay for this or I got to do this. Well, what got you to that point? Why can't you do it yet? Maybe you're two years and three years and four years and five years and you're still there. Right. So now what's the issue? Mm -hmm. Why have you not put yourself and your family in a better position? Whose fault is that? You know, is it you for not recognizing you needed to make changes and be a better leader or, you know, have their better people working for you. You know what I mean? It's
0: I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. Well, I think a lot of people they may recognize that there's an issue, but they don't know how to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why, you know, we talk about mentors so mm-hmm. much. I think they're super important. And if you don't have one, get one. Get one, right? And if you can't find one, we're here. We're here. Yeah. I mean that that's why we do this.
1: Mentors right. from afar, that's what I call when you we can you can listen in and you can learn from others. 100%. And, and you know, here's the thing about mentors. I'm glad you brought it up because people are afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. If you show, like, okay, let's just between the three of us, right? We're seasoned. There's people who we would consider mentees of us, right? Mm-hmm. Let's ask the question do you have to have all your financial resources in place for someone for you to take someone on as a mentee? In other words, they have to have, you know. You have to have three years of financials and all this other stuff ready to go. No. 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 What would you say is three of the top reasons why you would take someone on? Because it's your time, all of our time is extremely Mm -hmm. valuable, right? What are the top three reasons when you see someone, they say, would you, would I be able to be mentored by you? Say for 12 months, once a month, just have a coffee, Mm -hmm. Zoom call, what are three things that are non-negotiable? cliffhanger. Don't you love those? Well, this next episode with Travis and Sam will be part two, and we will dig in on what kind of people A players look for to mentor. I think you're going to love it. I can't wait for you to listen in. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership.